0: Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was (laughs) mashed.
1: What's up everybody, welcome in to this edition of Big Drive Energy. I am your host at Big Drive, Spencer Smith, along with my brother, co-host, friend, golfing partner, what you name it, Mitchell Smith, at Big Drive Mitch on Twitter. Yo, 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 what's going on everybody? Um, Of course, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, not only our favorite sportsbook that we degenerately gamble on, but America's top rated sportsbook app.
0: We degenerately gamble responsibly.
1: Responsibly, degenerately gamble. And if you ever have a uh, gambling problem, you call 1-800-522-4700. That number is memorized in my mind. We'll never, ever Seared forget her. Seared. So uh, today we're going to get into the Olympics. Currently, uh, the Women's Olympics in golf is being played right as we speak. I believe Nelly Korda shot a 61 last night um, and is leading the, the tournament by three and... The significance of that is there's a significant amount of weather coming into Kasuma Gusecki Golf Club. Look well at done. that after pronouncing it 55 times. I think <laughs> I kind of got it nailed. Uh, but they, they could end up turning the tournament into a 54-hole tournament or a 36-hole tournament. I believe they're done with two rounds now. Uh, so that's something to look out for. She could be uh, sitting on her couch or sleeping at her hotel room or wherever she's staying in an Olympic Village and end up finding out she won the gold medal. So shout out to her for sure. And getting into the men's event, uh, what an incredible event put on um, in Japan. These guys, all some of them just showed up the week of, some of them went out there early to practice. Of course, as you all know, our USA uh, bet did hit, USA to medal, because our man, Xander, the X-Man. the X-man, ended up taking home gold. And there was definitely no shortage of excitement, in drama. The, yeah drama in the Olympics, because uh, there was a lot of guys right at the top of the leaderboard, and after Rory Sabatini absolutely burned it up on Sunday—well, technically, we're going to call it Sunday—the last round, yeah—he um, got like himself Saturday to, morning. He here. got himself to 17 under and found himself in the basically tied for the lead for a few minutes until Xander, I believe, made birdie on 17. And he heads into 18, only having to make a par, which seems fairly simple considering he was already 17 18-under un- going into the final hole, the 72nd hole of the tournament. And he ends up hitting a drive way right into the shit. And his only option was to punch it out. And he punched it out to, I want to say, like it was like 111 meters or like 125 yards, something like that. So he has to get up and down from 125 yards to win a gold medal. And reminder... Xander Schauffele is a great – I think he's number five in the world or he's top ten in the world for sure, and he's never won a major. So he's never been in the – Yeah, and he's
0: even openly talked about choking. You know, he hasn't been able to get the job done in his career. For being as good of a player as he is, I mean, people are expecting him to win at least a major at this point, and he hasn't gotten the job done time in, time out when he's been in contention. So – this was a, a pretty big coup for his career, I would say. Even though it was the Olympics, I mean it's not a technically a major, but it's still a gold medal. And for him to get up and down from 125, he hit it to what five feet and and knocked it in the right side of the hole and took home the gold. It's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, it was impressive to see with the pressure, with the fact that a gold medal is on the line. Rory Sabatini's already in the clubhouse. He was at the range warming up to practice to hopefully go out for a playoff hole. And he ends up hitting it to, you know, five feet right behind the hole and knocks it in for the gold medal. So hopefully this is a start for Xander and getting into the majors because he's always contending at them. But he's never been able to successfully win a major. And I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's a bigger deal to win a major first or a bigger deal for him in his career as a player? Like, let's say let's pick a player that has one major. But no Olympic gold medal. What whose career do you think, if they ended both abruptly today, who gets talked about more in the lore of golf?
0: I mean, I think majors still trump it, unfortunately, because if you win a major on tour, you're automatically halfway to like a Hall of Fame career. If you're not a one and done guy, and I it'll be interesting because golf has not been involved in the Olympics for so long that we don't know. How much that's going to take into account when you look back 20 or 30 years later on a guy's career. You know, we don't know what it's going to look like in 20 years when we talk about Xander Schauffele and be like, well, he won a gold at the Olympics, but he never won a major. Like, what kind of weight does that carry with journalists, with the general public, the general golf fan? I don't really know what that looks like. I think it's a big deal, but... It's almost more of a national thing than it is like a golf thing. Like you're you're a U.S. athlete and you win a gold medal for your country. I think that is more uh, emphasized, I guess you could say, than than it is actually like a golf accomplishment. That's how I feel at least.
1: Yeah, I think you put it in good perspective of a national level because I think ne- around the world, I think that was a much more important win for Xander Schauffele that, and. Uh, silver for Rory Sabatini and the bronze for CT Pan than it was for anybody else because that was watched by everyone in the world. I can't say, I don't know for sure because I don't live in China, I don't live in Europe, but I can't say for sure all Europeans or anybody else outside of America is watching the PGA Tour, with, especially the time that it's on in their country, unless one of their players, you know, obviously when Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters, that brought the entire country together. They were pumped about it. It was a huge deal for him and for that country. But I think as far as on a worldwide scale winning a gold medal in the Olympics is going to carry a little bit more weight for Xander moving forward. And like you talked about, so now we have, I mean, we can look back way back in the archives and see who has gold medals from the fifties when golf was part of it. It
0: hasn't been since 1904. I want to say, I don't think, there's been golf in the Olympics since 1904.
1: Okay, so over 120 years, <laughs> and so now all we've got is Justin Rose, who won in 16, and now Xander Schauffele. So that I think it's a pretty big deal, and especially since it's only every – majors in the Olympics are opposites in that there's four every one year for a major and one every four years for a gold medal. Getting into, so congratulations to Xander. Congratulations to us on the only bet we hit um, in U.S. meddling. Shout out to DraftKings for that awesome boost they gave us. Uh, any USA player to medal, we did hammer that. So um, made it feel a little less worse that all the rest of our golfers didn't play that well. Rory was kind of in contention for a while. So was Cam Smith. But, um, we had
0: like a super hot second round, if I remember that correctly. What do you shoot, like 62 or something like that? He, he went super deep in the middle of the tournament and then he kind of fell off on Sunday again like he's been doing these last couple of years at majors, which is so weird. It's been five years since he's won a major and it feels like he's like 28 years old. It doesn't feel like he's that old, but he's already been on tour for 12, 15 years and hasn't won a major in five years. So uh, I think Rory really wishes he could have gotten that one done and he didn't do it once again.
1: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the other Rory though. Rory Sabatini absolutely burned up Kasuma Secchi on Sunday in that oh, shit. I keep saying Sunday in the final round and put himself in an insane position. What's even funnier is is that Rory Sabatini was born in South America or South Africa. Jesus and uh, once again geography not not big in the geography game, but. Rory Sabatini was born in South Africa, and his wife, who was on his bag for the Olympics, was born in Slovakia. So he actually represented the country of Slovakia in the Olympics and won them a silver medal. So I think one of the cool things is in an, in an interview, he, uh, he said the decision was purely to try and help generate interest in golf among junior golfers in Slovakia. He said. So I think that's really cool for it's cool for his wife to be on the bag while he wins a silver medal. I think it's cool for the country of Slovakia that all those kids now are like, wow, this guy's wearing our colors. He was amazing in the Olympics. He brought home the silver medal. He had one of that. He had maybe the best Sunday round of anyone. And he ended up maybe growing the game of golf in Slovakia. We know that that's one of our big, biggest jobs as golf professionals is to try to grow the game of golf. And Rory's doing that for a country that he's really not even a part of other than his wife. So I thought that was really cool to see. Where
0: is Slovakia? I don't, I'm not quite positive. Let's look that up. Um, is it up by Norway? That's it's in,
1: it's in Central Europe.
0: So, okay. Eastern, Central, Eastern Europe. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I think that's really cool. It was very odd to see. I have followed Rory Sabatini for quite a few years, you know, as a golf fan. He's won multiple times on tour. And so to see him out there representing Slovakia, I was like, that does not look right. But I guess the intent behind it was pretty cool. So I'll, I'll let him slide on that one. That's, that's a a good reason to do that.
1: Well, then getting into the insane horse race level thing that we had, um, for the bronze medal. So as of, as of the finish of the 72nd hole, we had seven, I believe, seven golfers tied at 15 under. And in normal tournaments, like we do what we call a scorecard playoff, uh, which is the last nine holes. But when it's for a bronze medal or anything that matters, they always go to an actual playoff. And so this is the only time in the next four years that we'll see a an event come down to a playoff that's not for first place. Usually they just... Um, in, in split the money essentially if like third place and fourth place were supposed to make a certain amount of money they just split it up and both of the players make that exact same amount of money so we had CT Pan, Colin Morikawa, Mito Pereira, Sebastian Muñoz, Rory McIlroy, Paul Casey and Hideki Matsuyama all playing the final hole uh the the final playoff as a seven some uh, i think they actually went 4 and 3 if i'm correct And then after a few holes, it broke down and it was basically just CT Pan, uh, Colin Morikawa and CT Pan ended up draining like, I believe a 12 or 14 footer to win uh, the bronze medal for his country, which I know he was extremely proud of. Like the the dudes in, I mean, America's, they're proud to be American. We know that America is really proud of itself, but a lot of these other countries take real pride in winning a gold medal for their country.
0: A bronze medal, but yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. Where? What country is he from? Is it uh, Chinese Taipei, if I remember that correctly? Yeah. Uh, or Ta- Taiwan. Taiwan. So let's see, Google real quick, how many medals Taiwan has in this year's Olympics so far. It's probably a pretty low number. So the fact that he was able to get that done in a playoff to get his uh, country a medal is pretty damn cool. And he's a great player. I mean, he's he's proven himself out on tour.
1: Yeah, so it is Chinese Taipei. Okay. Taiwan, I guess. Oh, Chinese. there's a
0: very weird thing where Taiwan claims China and China claims Taiwan. Yeah, I, I kind of heard that whole thing, which is just all very odd. But uh, credit to me for actually getting that correct. Uh, might be my first geography coup I've had here, but... No, really happy for him, and I'm sure they don't have that many medals to their country's name. I could be completely wrong. Uh, well, Chinese Taipei, if that's, so is that Taiwan? Oh, well, I don't know. If it counts as China's medal, then they have plenty. But if it counts as Taiwan or Chinese Taipei's medal, then I'm sure that's a, it's a great victory for them. So congrats to him.
1: Yeah, so one thing, uh, I'm reading this article, I read this article from Golf Digest, and uh, the title of it was, it's written by Alex Myers, and the title of it is Why C.T. Pan's Bronze Medal was Actually Worth a Lot More Than Xander Schauffele's Gold Medal. And uh, so basically what happened was, is due to countries being represented by the golfers who wound up on the medal podium, C.T. Pan earned approximately $179,000 for finishing third, actually five times as much as Xander Schauffele gets for the gold medal. So the Olympics offer no official prize money in golf, or in just in general, and it's up to each country to decide how much to reward its athletes for winning medals. The U.S. gives 37500 to gold medalists, $22,500 to, to silver, and 15000 to bronze, but not nearly what some other countries pay. And one of those countries is Chinese Taipei, has the second highest payment structure of all countries competing in the Olympics, so that's huge for CT Pan. Yeah, that's a good. Um, it the bronze medal is worth five million new Taiwan dollars or NT, or about one hundred seventy nine thousand dollars. So only Singapore pays its athletes more than Chinese Taipei. So big shout out to CT Pan. Uh, I think it was cool to just see seven players all tied at once. Like that was just a riot. It was kind of like we had a for our men's and women's member guests these last couple weekends, we had a derby where both Mitchell and I had 11 groups of people playing an alternate shot going uh, one hole at a time. So we started with 11, went to nine to seven to five and four, three, two, one, but basically they're playing sudden death. And then if there was a tie again, we had a chip off. They didn't have a chip off. They just moved on to the next hole that once again, this is for a bronze medal, not $80 in cash at spring Valley golf club. But Nonetheless, pretty impressive uh, stuff from C.T. Pan to beat not only six other golfers, but six other, I mean, Colin Morikawa is playing some of the best golf of his life. He may be the hottest golfer on the planet. You got Hideki Matsuyama, who's playing in his home country. You've got Rory McIlroy, you know, five-time major winner. So congrats to C.T. Pan for coming through with that. And
0: Pariah, what, what is his first name? Mito Pariah. Mito Pariah, he was right there too. I mean, and it's the Olympics. You would hope that the field would be stacked, but this one was, like, stupid stacked. And Joaquin Neiman finished one out of the playoff for bronze. Uh, same with Cam Smith, our boy Cam. Sepp Straka, actually, he got out to a stupid hot start on Thursday, or round one. He shot 63, followed up by a 71, kind of put him out of contention a little bit. But he only finished four shots off, and then you got guys like Corey Connors, Victor Hovland, Abram Anser right there at 13, 12, and 12. And in all honesty, the scoring was was not crazy low because they were talking about how the course was going to be super gettable, super soft, and it was soft, but it just looked narrow enough to make the guys have to pick their spots and not just have free reign over the place. Um, I think I picked Garrick Higgo, or did I not? That was a different, I did or didn't? That was a different tournament, possibly, but uh, he shot even par. The highest score was a gentleman named o, O-Lizer. O <laughs> Shot 10 over for the week. Not horrible, I mean, cons- all things considered. I'm not quite sure what that flag is. I'm not great with flags either. But yeah, overall, the, the scoring was fairly bunched. It was stacked. All the guys in the top 20 were minus 10 or better, so all within eight shots of the lead. And it was just a real fun uh, tournament to watch. And uh, Xander kind of set himself apart a little bit in that second round, firing a 63. He goes 68-63, when a lot of guys had setbacks on the weekend. And, oh, come to, to realize also, CT Pan shot 74 the first day and still finished three back of the lead. He went 74, 66, 66, 63. So those are three pretty damn good rounds. If if it was the last three rounds of the tournament, he would have won it by a good clip. So uh, shout out to all those guys. Really fun event. And uh, just another reason to, to make golf global. That Everything's growing. Every country's involved. It's fun for everyone to watch uh, these guys represent their home country. I think it's badass.
1: Yeah, so and speaking of uh, – Betting in general, and since we only hit the one bet, we are not professional bettors, by the way. Um, not even close. And, and Dre, I mean, Dre and RK, they're killing it on DNVR bets, so make sure you go check out DNVR bets. But everybody, all of us over at DNVR, we do our betting with one app, one site, and they are America's top rated sportsbook app and draft in DraftKings. I mean, DraftKings is the perfect app if you want to just get into betting. All you have to do is head over to DraftKings this week. Use that promo code DNVR, and since the Olympics are still going on, as long as you place a pre-event wager of one dollar, you're eligible to cash one hundred dollars in free qu- credits if America wins any medal. I think we have like an X amount, like sixty medals, fifty medals already this year. So it's basically what we call a no-brainer bet. That's one hundred to one odds on any American athlete to stand ground. At the podium and receive gold, silver, or bronze, and you're taking home $100 in free credits. These offers don't come around often, so make sure you sign up with the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR, and you're getting 100 to 1 odds. So download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app from the App Store, use the promo code DNVR, and you turn $1 into $100 in free credits if, or I should say, when America wins a medal. So code DNVR. Turn $1 into 100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And like we mentioned earlier, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so getting into what's coming up on the PGA Tour this week and golf in general, we got the Ryder Cup coming up here in September. Going to be a blast. We're going to try to get down to the bar for that one for sure. Um, But there's there's a tournament this weekend called the Barracuda Championship, and it is it is one of the only it is the only golf tournament in on the PGA Tour schedule year in and year out. That is not standard stroke play. It's called a Stableford format, which is actually what we play our men's member guest in. So, Mitchell, why don't you describe for the people the Stableford format and then we're going to get into a little bit of different formats you guys can play out on the golf course whether you have two players you have a group of three you have a group of four you have some good players some bad players or you have a bunch of players that are pretty close in line uh, we're going to give you guys some different formats to head out on the golf course this summer and summer's not over yet and fall the best time of the year for golf that you guys can play with your your playing partners random people your buddies whatever it may be so mitchell why don't we get into stable for it a little bit
0: So the basics of a Stableford point scoring system are, it's a, like I just said, it's a point system. So anybody that wants to do Stableford can kind of set it up the way they want and make different amounts of holes worth different points. Uh, But your standard Stableford uh, scoring is going to be eight points for a double eagle. So if you make a two on a par five, pretty insane, very rare, eight points. Um, Eagles five points. So three on a par five, two on a par four, a birdie is two points. So say you play around and you have nine birdies, nine pars. I don't know what that looks like. Never, never been there. Uh, you get 18 points for that round and then pars are zero. So no blood there. Bogey's minus one and double bogey is minus three. So it is kind of different when you look at a stable for the leaderboard on the PJ Tour. It's like, oh, plus 13 is winning, plus 12 is in second. Like that just kind of goes against your idea of what golf is, where you're trying to score the lowest possible total. But it is also kind of advantageous for guys that make a lot of birdies, because, say, hypothetically, birdies and eagles, hypothetically speaking, you make, uh, say nine bogeys, so negative nine. But then you make nine birdies, that's eighteen. You're still ending up with nine points, and that's an even par round. And I'm not saying that's a, a, a very typical thing, but it definitely rewards the lower numbers more than it hurts the high numbers. And plus, I mean, if you make, if you're at double bogey or more, you're you just finish out the hole. You you get negative three. You know, you can make a twelve. That could take you out of some tournaments, but it's keeping all these guys in this event. So that's what really makes it fun is one hole isn't going to derail your entire round. And we all have that one buddy. Um, We've got some guys even on men's league that we won't name, but it's hilarious because they're pretty good players. They'll shoot anywhere in the low to mid 80s, you know, depending on the day. And they'll be like, well, I shot 46, but I had like a, a 10 on number four or something and it just completely derails their entire round they could be even par and that's that might be a little extreme but they could be pretty close to even par other than that one hole and that one hole can wreck their entire round so stableford's a little bit more fun uh it really encourages guys to be more aggressive go at pins they're not as afraid of making that big number because one way or the other it it still ends up being the same at the end of the day if you make double bogey or you make 20 on a whole you know it doesn't matter so I, I I think stableford's a blast it can get a little convoluted with your buddies I know uh, it's kind of a challenge to keep it all scored and you just got to do some some high math you know some elementary math but that that can be a challenge when you haven't been in school for a while so kind of have to double check whip out the old calculator no not really I'm I'm better at math than that but that is one of the the few not few one of the many different formats you can play with your buddies that can spice things up a little bit on the golf course you know it's not your typical stroke play match play whatever you're adding up points you can do a dollar a point you can do ten dollars a point depending on how aggressive you want to get tony romo would probably be a hundred a hundred thousand dollars per Stableford point uh just because he likes to gamble his ass off on the golf course but i think that's one of the more fun ones that you can do along with a few others so
1: yeah, one of the ones we play the most, and I think the most standard one, is usually we always go out with a foursome, Mitchell and I, and depending upon how good the other players are, we either usually split Mitchell and I up, or we, um, we play on the same team if we're playing two pretty good players, or somebody just wants to lose their money to us, simple as that, uh, especially at the Valley of Fun. We don't get beat here often by anyone, really. Um, humble brag, but it's kind of true. Uh, but there there's another uh, so we pl- usually play a best ball match play so a lot of the times when we're going out and playing with your bu- or when you're going out and playing with your friends or we do the same it, it's pretty much always a match play type of format that's just the easiest way to keep track of it because stroke play gets a little bit tedious and as Mitchell mentioned in the talking about Stableford points and this and that is if you guys if you you have a 12 on a hole, it doesn't take you completely out of the round, you know, so and you're not in a match, usually sometimes match play like penalties or this or that or just losses of hole. And so there's not a lot of, oh, where did this ball cross the hazard line and drops and stuff like that. Usually it's like, hey, I'm going to pick this one up, move on to the next hole, it speeds it all up. So we usually play two ba- two man best ball match play basically meaning now best ball and scramble are two different things we get these mixed up so don't mix this up when you're playing with your buddies a scramble one of the simplest forms of golf we will be having a scramble common ground this is a shameless plug uh september 3rd four person scrambles get three buddies together and yourself and see how low you can go Um, And that's where everybody hits a shot and you choose the best one and everybody hits from there. But a best ball is actually taking the best score, so Mitchell or I's lower score against the other two players lower score and playing match play that way. Another game that's pretty popular out there on the golf course is just a skins game. This is very confusing for roughly 90% of our men's league guys, Um, but we try to explain it the best we can. A skins game is basically just the lowest score on a hole so let's pretend that mitchell and i are playing a skins game with rk and hank so rk and hank and i mitchell and i go out there and on the first hole everybody has pars there's no skins one there the key with this is you have to put an amount in before before the round goes out everybody puts the same amount in let's say we put in 25 dollars to make it simple 25 dollars each so there's a hundred dollars in the pot um on the second hole i make par everybody else makes bogey or worse there's I win one skin there and we don't know the you don't know the dollar amount until you get through the whole 18 holes at that point so move on to the third hole let's say Hank and RK both make birdie and Mitchell and I both make 12 doesn't matter for us because Hank and RK tied there's still what we call no blood there essentially so if you have no blood then the skin moves on to the next hole but it carries over and it you can play carryover or non carryover. so if it carries over the next hole is worth now two skins next holes were three skins if it carries over again stuff like that so there's two different ways to play a skins game but it's basically just an individual lowest score on any hole and then at the end of the round let's say we had 10 total skins we're playing a non-carryover and we had 10 total skins at the end of the round well that hundred dollars gets divided ten ways so ten dollars per skin and then each person gets paid out based on how many skins they won so theoretically if we put in $25 a piece, you're not making any money until you win three skins. So you better hope you win three skins, but it's a nice way to play too because you put in a dollar amount, you have a set dollar amount that you can lose, but you can't lose any more than that. And that's why a lot of people gravitate to a skins game because once the money's in the pot, you can't lose any more than that by pressing or this or that, which Mitchell will get into. But um, yeah, skins games are really fun to go play with your buddies, especially if you have four players that are similar ability level uh you can make it to where there it's not basically it's not singling anybody out it's all four players same ability level even if somebody's a little less you know you're always going to have somebody that's not as good but they anybody can make birdies if you have players that are in the general scope of each other so you make birdies you win skins
0: yeah so skins are a lot of fun too and they they really do more benefit the players that make the big numbers and also the the lower numbers kinda like we talked about with Stableford. Um, another one, what what did you just I'm sorry, what did you reference? Two ball match play. Two ball match play, so you oh carry or I'm sorry, presses. So pressing when you're in a match, hypothetically Spencer and I are playing against RK and Hank. Um, so in fairly simple terms, it's basically a double or nothing. So say Spence and I close Hank and RK out on seven or sixteen. And so we've got two holes left and RK is like, okay, we want to press. That means basically we are going to start that same bet over again and finish these last two holes. So say it was for 20 bucks a guy. So now the bet goes from 40 or 20 each to 40 each in the way of if Spencer and I win one of the last two holes or basically win the last two holes, we make 40 each. But if RK and Hank uh, win the last two, then it's, even money there's no money exchanges hands but where this can get tricky is some games we'll, we'll get into it a little bit but some games go to auto presses like if you go two down it's an auto press and those are weird too because and it all depends on what your buddies want to do some people are okay with allowing others to press when they they haven't closed out that original bet. Does that make sense, Spence? Am I, is what I'm saying making sense? Because originally a lot of people, for the most part, would not allow their, their opponent to press unless they had already won that first bet. But there is other games, like a Vegas, which we will talk about too. Um, I'll get to that here in a sec, but... Auto presses basically once you get two down, you start a new bet, and that is a completely separate bet. And that's where shit can get really hairy trying to score it because it's an absolute nightmare. You're like, well, the last 14 we were this, the first 18 we were this, you know. D- just all depends on um, kind of where where you lie with your interest in trying to figure all this shit out. It can be fun, but sometimes it's it's almost like playing at a craps table. And there's so many different bets out there that it just like fries your brain. It's, it makes it less fun. So you don't want to make it so confusing that it's not fun. But pressing is, is a fun way to kind of chase your tail a little bit. You can end up losing a lot of money or you can win your money back. It all depends on how aggressive you're you're playing. But I will say that 90% of our guys that we play against Will press us 100%. Nobody likes to lose, and rarely guys when they lose, they're like, "Oh, okay, I'll just take my loss." Like you're sitting at a blackjack table, you lose five straight hands. Are you gonna get up and walk away? You're like, "No, I want to. I'm going to hit a hand." Like you're actually going to like double down. You're going to bet more, which is not a, a sound way of thinking. Don't get me wrong, but that's just the kind of the, in the golfer's mind. They're like, "I'm not losing this. I'm pressing. Let's go." But. One big thing with pressing, you have to verbalize it before anyone tees off on that hole. (laughs) Like Chris Bame actually tried to pull this on me the other day, and he was kidding, but we both teed off. I hit it just left of the green on 17. I had already closed him out. Low-key, whatever, Chris, suck it. Um, I'd already closed him out, and so on 17, I hit my tee shot a little left. He goes, I'm going to press. I'm like, fuck you, dude. You, you can tell me you want to press before I hit this T shot because otherwise we weren't playing for anything. And so it, it definitely holds a little bit of a different weight. If he wants to press, then I'm going to focus a little bit more. But he uh, he was like, oh, man, I was just kidding. I was like, yeah, I thought so. But then he did press me on 18, and we pushed 18. I, I could have had it, and I missed a 10-footer, but that's a story for another time. Um, but, yeah, pressing is, is another uh, thing that you can do while you're out there gambling especially in match play for the most part you can't really press on a stroke play um another format that can get very confusing is called a vegas so a vegas is a point system also and you can go a quarter a point you can go to a dollar a point but it's a combined it's a two-person game but both scores matter so hypothetically spencer and i are playing golf together I make a four, he makes a five, our total, our our total, excuse me, is 45. So we have 45 points technically on that hole. But if our opponent goes three, six, they're actually technically ahead by nine points because they have a 36, we have a 45. So that, that game can... Excuse me. That game can be a lot of fun, but it can also get very, very hairy. Also, because what most people do with Vegas is, is it's a two down auto press, like I mentioned, but then birdies flip your score. So, say Spencer and I birdie both birdie the same hole, and uh, it actually flips the opponent's score, excuse me. So, say Spencer and I birdie the same par four, so we both make threes, and Hank and RK... Uh, Make a five and a seven. So they, they would have 57. But since Spencer and I both birdied it, their score would flip from 57 to 75. And if you're playing a quarter a point, that's a $25 hole right there. So things can get out of hand pretty quick on top of all of the auto presses. Say you get two down, then a new bet starts. So then you've got two bets of, say your original bet was $20. Now you've got two separate $20 bets. And then if you go four down... You, it's another auto bet. So then you're two down in the first press, four down total, and then you've got another bet going. And there's been hundreds and not hundreds of thousands, at least out of Spring Valley that I know of. But as you can tell, it gets out of hand quickly. It can definitely get the money flying out of your pocket pretty fucking fast. So the goal there ultimately... And in, the goal in any of these games is just win. It doesn't matter if you shoot 80. doesn't matter if you shoot 65. If you beat your opponent, that's all that matters. I don't give a shit in match play. If you're out of a hole, pick your ball up, please. That's just a, across the board. Um, you don't need to finish out that 8 that you're about to make. And it's not affecting the, the team scores or anything like that. So, But <laughs> with one caveat, if you're playing a Vegas both balls matter you want to grind that shit out if other guys make birdie and you're working for a seven and the other guy makes four your your number is going to be first since you're higher so you're like seven or eight that's that's a 10 point difference right there so uh overall match play is just a blast spencer do you have anything you'd like to contribute
1: yeah, so getting into what you talked about with the Vegas, there's also a simpler way to play two ball match play and this is a way that Mitchell and I f- will frequently do if we're playing with two players that are they're the same similar or they're a similar skill level and then Mitchell and I f- are fairly similar skill level as you could play like a high low. And so what Mitchell was saying, basically it works the kind of the same as Vegas except it's not on a point system. So it's match play Mitchell versus me essentially and then if you're, if our balls matter, if, if we tie, then the other players' balls matter. Or vice versa. If, if the other two players both make threes, Mitchell and I make four and five, well, then the four is going to—it basically brings everybody into the game if there's a tie. So that can make it fun because you don't know if your score is going to matter or not. On, so if you're make, about to make seven, the guy you're playing right around is about to make a five, you definitely want to make sure that your partner is beating the other player outright. And so that makes it easy and it brings all four people into it. Another really fun game that you can play is wolf and wolf is fun if you have four players around the same skill level because what you can do is so basically how it starts is you decide who's the wolf on the on the first hole and then there's a rotation of the wolf throughout the 18 holes so the wolf tees off last and how that works is all three other players will tee off the guy that's the wolf will decide he has two options after he sees the three t-balls does he want to pick a player or does he want to go lone wolf? And if you go lone wolf, that's more risk, but also more reward. So if you go lone wolf, you have to beat the other three players on that hole individually outright, and you take home three points. Now, that's a point system as well. If you decide, hey, uh, you know, one of the other guys hit it in the middle of the fairway, two guys are in the woods, you can pick that player to be your partner for that specific hole and then it's a basically a best ball match play on that, that singular hole. If you guys both win that hole outright, you get two points each. So it's a difference between three points and two points, whether or not you want to be the lone wolf and you think you can beat all other three players by yourself, or if you want to make it a partner game, you can end up making it a partner game per hole. And I think what's fun about that is every, you get to play, you're not playing with the same, you know, if, if somebody's really struggling, they're going to struggle, but If you're somebody struggling and they're your teammate for the whole 18 holes, it can set you back a whole 18 holes, you know, unless you play out of your mind. So it really switches up who your partner is. And I think that's really fun when you've got all your buddies that are, like I said, about the same skill level where you can mix and match partners and not have the same two, the same partner for all 18 holes. Um, and there's another there's another game that Mitchell's going to describe here where if you don't have four, because sometimes, you know, your buddy gets too drunk, too hungover, shows up for the Sunday morning round, can't play or just doesn't show up at all, and that's called nine point. And that's a really good game to play with three players in a match play format.
0: Yeah, so nine point is kind of along the same lines as Spencer just talked about. Uh, with Wolf, except for it's every man for themselves. So, actually, that's what Chris and Eric Tuttle and I played the other day, was nine point, because three players betting, you really can't, unless it's two on one, you know, there's really no even way to do it. So, with nine point, how it works is, say, Spencer and I and RK are out there playing, and we're playing nine point. First hole, I make a par, Spencer makes a bogey, RK makes a double. That would never happen in real life um i so i since i won the hole technically i would get six points spencer finished second on the hole he would get three points rk finished last he gets zero points next hole i'm just thinking common ground here so the par three i make uh spencer and i both make pars and rk makes a birdie so he actually wins five points and since you and i pushed on the second hole I'm sorry, on the second score, second highest, we each get two points. And then the only other possible outcome of that is where it's a three-way push. You each get three points, so it's pretty much a wash. Um, And then, is there any other possible outcome? Three people tied? And then two tie at the top. So, say it's uh, two birdies and one par. The two birdies each get four points. The par gets one point. So... Those are all the possible outcomes of that, but you play a dollar a point, whatever, you know, your your whatever unit you prefer, that game is a bunch of fun to play also. And I was actually gonna talk about one other format which is pretty fun, which is basically it's called sixes. So say you have four players, and you don't necessarily want to play with the same guy every day or every all every round. All around you kinda wanna even it out a little bit. What you can do is you chop the eighteens into six and you rotate partners for every six holes. So that way it's kind of a round robin. Everyone gets to play with everyone. And then say one of the guys at the end wins two or two or wins three out of th- wins all three of their matches. They're going to make the most money out of the entire group, no matter how it shakes out, you know? So bottom line is you're kind of relying on yourself more in that format, but it is a lot of fun. Cause then you're like, let's see if, me and this buddy can put it together and it kind of condenses it too to where it's a six-hole match you know it's it's a very quick match you if you get up early or you get down early you feel like you got to press or or really hold on to that uh that lead so that is another fun format to play with your buddies i i always enjoy that one also
1: yeah, absolutely. So we hope this has given you guys a little bit more insight into gambling games on the golf course. So when you get out there, get more comfortable or you're playing with your buddies and you have to gamble when you're on the golf course, whether or not it's playing any of the games we just described or something you've created your own, you got to get out there because that's the only way to get better is once you have money on the line, it makes you, it, it makes every putt more pressure. It makes your shots more pressure filled. So it's good to get out there and gamble. You don't have to lose your whole unit <laughs> um, essentially playing, but basically the more you, the more you get comfortable with golf and the more you can gamble and and feel like you're playing well the the more confident you get just in general so it's definitely worth your time um, to get out there and and make it work make it basically make your buddies pay for your round screw it if you uh, end up having a good day and they don't you can make them basically pay for your golf so um, I think the one thing Mitchell did say a little earlier which he alluded to which is very important and probably the most important rule in gambling in general but also in golf is always announce it before you tee off on either the first hole or the the hole that you're pressing on like nobody's going to respect you if you're middle of the hole and trying to bet like that's just you know you don't when you're when the dealer turns over an ace in blackjack you don't get to throw 10 more dollars out there and hope that you get a blackjack like you make the bet before make sure it's announced and clear and specific whether you're giving strokes or adjusting whatever it, it may be um, but Make sure that is clear before you tee off on the first hole or before you tee off on the hole that you're gonna press on. So 100%. other than that, guys, we appreciate you listening to Big Drive Energy. Like I alluded alluded to earlier, we do have a tournament, September 3rd. There's four different levels that you guys will be able to get into that tournament. If you're just an individual golfer and want to join in, um, it's going to be $120. This is getting you 18 holes with a cart, common ground. It's a four-person scramble, uh, lunch afterwards, and then we're going to try to head to the bar for a little after party, possibly. So uh, if you got a foursome, you got your group, um, that will be $450 for the whole foursome, so it saves you guys a little bit of money. Then we also have hole sponsorships, so get your company Sponsor a hole. they are hundred dollars a hole for sponsorship. We'll get your logo, put it on um, one of the holes out there that everybody in the tournament will see. And then, if you want to just do it all, you have a foursome and a hole or sponsorship. That'll be five hundred dollars. That's a good way to get your company to pay for your tournament. Uh, Wink, wink, hint, hint. Uh, A lot of companies are looking for advertisement ways and ways to spend money. So. What better way than getting four of you guys out there on the golf course, also sponsoring a hole and having a good time. So make sure you head over to the DNVR to sign up for that. The links will be live as this podcast is live, so make sure you check that out. It will fill up, so don't wait too long. Once again, that's September 3rd, uh, Friday, the day of the Buffs UNC game, so it's going to be a blast. Just take the whole Friday off. Um, 8 a.m. shotgun start at common ground in aurora so we hope to see you guys all there appreciate you listening for big drive spence and big drive mitch we will talk to y'all next week we are out Peace. peace